Welcome to the Public Speakers Association podcast, where we support you delivering your message through community and collaboration. We talk with successful speakers about how you can continue to grow your business and message through speaking. I am your co-host, Jason Antelek, owner and CEO of the Public Speakers Association. And I'm your co-host, LZ Flinnard, the mayor of Podcast Town. Welcome, everybody, to the Public Speakers Association podcast. We have with us the rock and roll branding starship of marketing. (laughs) And Bennett, if you are ready to be rebellious and be outspokenly and unapologetically yourself, this is the lady to model your behavior after. She can help you make the shell and get out there in ways that are amazing. Anne is a longtime friend and member of the Public Speakers Association and has been doing some pretty amazing things. Uh, get ready to raise the bar in your in your speaking goals because we're going to hear about how you too can be doing amazing things in weird times. Anne, it is so good to have you with us. Thank you for taking time to share with us what you're journey's been recently. Oh, thank you so much, Jason. Thank you for having me. And it's, we haven't seen each other in person for a while, but that's because we traveled to London a couple of years ago with the Public Speakers Association. And what a fun ride, right? That was, uh, oh, that was a big cool. adventure. Yeah, big adventure. It was really fun. So, yeah, so, those, so many different things in every single day. It, it was just every <laughs> moment was something fresh. Even when we were in the conference room, it was still something new and fresh every day. Since then, you know, things have been a little crazy, but you've been doing a lot of cool stuff lately mm-hmm. and sharing the stages. So even at the at the top end of things that you've been experiencing, how does it feel doing things virtually versus what it was like doing things in person? How How is it oh, different and how is it the gosh. same? That's a great question. You know, it's totally different as far as I'm concerned, mostly because you're not, you don't have that same audience feedback or synergy. When you're in the room with people, there's a whole thing that occurs between your energy and their energy. It's easy to read the crowd, see what's going on, interact with people. When you get to the virtual space, you really have to ramp your energy even more. I mean, I'm pretty energetic, as you know, speaking and things like that. But except in London, I was half dead. You know, I was I had I had a major like jet lag. People are like, what's wrong with you? But I think uh, generally the virtual space takes, I think it takes a lot more focus, mostly because of the disconnect between you and the audience. And then there's little tips and tricks to get people to be present and interact with you while you're speaking. So audience engagement is, is super important in the virtual space. So what are some of the tips you mentioned a little bit more uh, before how you really have to pay attention to your energy level and really keep people engaged when when it's virtual? So what are some other things that you found to be helpful when you're doing the the virtual side of the fence? Yeah, you want to sit on the edge of your chair. First of all, I am on the edge of my chair right now, dangling. You know what I mean? So it's like I can move around. I can be much more active, energetic. Also, your spine, you sit up straight so that your voice is actually projecting and you can speak. A lot of people make the mistake of scooting back in their chair. I don't know why. Maybe it's a a knee-jerk reaction to get comfortable. You're definitely not going to be comfortable, so you can give that up. But I think the biggest thing is to ground your energy and really sit up straight in your chair. 
so that you, you've got a lot of movement and you're doing, even though it's waist up, you know, a lot of it's waist up wardrobe. <laughs> I, I get fully dressed. Like I, the same thing that I wear on stage, I wear when I'm in the virtual space because it, it's a cue to my brain that we're going to be speaking. We're going to be doing something that matters. So I don't want to show up in my PJs. You know what I mean? At the end of the, the last piece there, you said, speaking is speaking, mm -hmm. right? And, and essentially it, what you're saying is we're doing all the same things. It's all the same stuff, but you're amping it up a little bit. Yeah. And you need to, you need to learn to engage your audience more, I believe, in the virtual space. Speaking is speaking in a sense of, you know, you're going to bring it. You're going to bring your energy. You're going to bring your inspiration, no matter whether you're live or whether you're on a screen. Some people have a problem watching themselves. I have a little, you know, secretly I'm a little, you know, narcissistic, I guess. I don't have a problem watching myself talk. <laughs> so, but I think, yeah, speaking is speaking. You know, I didn't pivot at all, essentially. You know, everyone's like, pivot, 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 pivot. I'm like, oh, no, not doing that. But mostly, you know, I just made some adjustments to uh, how I was doing what I was doing. So that there's a lot of, um, I rely a lot on PowerPoint. And I don't mean PowerPoint like how people use it generally. That's got a lot of verbiage on it. It's just, just photos that create emotion so that there's a an emotion that's being created by the slides while I'm talking and that's kind of an important thing I think that people generally they distract then enhance their talk by putting a slide up which got a bunch of bullets so people are basically reading your slides or trying to read your slides instead of listening to you and sometimes people repeat exactly what's on the slide so, I mean, bore me to tears, okay, people? Don't do that. You know, in the virtual space, you've got to be more exciting, more on it, more like, you just have to be more. <laughs> so you can't get away with some of those kind of sleepy tactics that maybe it was okay when you were live. So you, you mentioned a little bit um, in your answer about making adjustments as opposed to pivoting. So what adjustments will you make as things begin to open up again? I know um, people are, are getting more comfortable. Uh, the vaccine is here. So what are some of those adjustments that you're looking to make as things open up? You know, it's interesting because we've been in this, you know, isolated space, so to speak, now for over a year. So I've actually adjusted to being doing what we're doing today, you know, being us in my house and not doing so much traveling. I travel quite a bit when I speak. I'll travel all over the country and sometimes Europe. But, um, and I missed that originally. And now it's like, you know, as a human being, we are, uh, our strong suit is really adaptability. That's why we're still here on the planet where other species are not, things like that. So we can adapt very quickly to new ways of being and new things that are around us. But I, I it's going to be really interesting when it opens up because I'd love to travel. I love to fly. And part of how I created my business was, uh, you know, I get to fly and have a vacation at the same time and work and, you know, like that kind of stacking of things together, 
which is really fun. And when Jason and I went to London, then we went sightseeing, you know, it was awesome. I freaking love that. So that's something I miss. But I think what's going to happen in the next iteration of where we're developing in education and speaking and all that is there's there's always going to be virtual and there's always going to be live and it's going to be kind of making some adjustments to how that's actually going to look a lot of my friends that are what i consider the experts in the space that have been paid to speak for many many years you know they had a little bump <laughs> a big bump and a big dump essentially, because they were all of a sudden their income was gone. My income improved. So it didn't drop with the COVID. It actually went up because there was more opportunity to speak virtually than, you know, booking yourself out ahead of time. So I think that we're going to see that that's going to maintain itself and they're going to be virtual sometime and they're going to be live sometime. The adjustment's going to be like getting back in line at the airport. <laughs> The adjustment is the is getting back to what we were doing mm -hmm. more than it is reintegrating the other part because we've done this part we're used to it right exactly uh, now it's like, I love oh. what you said about stacking the job and the vacation right and and we call it a job but it's it's really not because it they facilitate each other and that was something I was very successfully doing January February and into March of last year couple of weeks in Hawaii and then a couple of weeks in Florida and then March. And I went, oh, <laughs> right. it was, it was, I was like, this is what I'm going to do forever. No, yeah. you're not. <laughs> exactly. I had um, plans too. I was going to go live in different cities that I've always wanted to live in. You know, I've been, I'm from New York or I've lived in New York many years. So I wanted to go back to New York. Then I wanted to live in San Francisco and then I want to go Austin. I just wanted to kind of move around Again, I have a little bit of a vagabond because I can, mostly because I can. I have other friends that ended up in Bali and places where too bad for them, they couldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so, some folks ended up with an extended honeymoon of sorts, right? And, and not all of those worked out so great. That's a that's a really great tip for for speakers that I would toss in here into the mix. And I know, Anne, that you would support that is if you're somebody that uh, knows you're going to maybe do a weekend event, it's very easy to see if there are other things attached to what you do in your niche in that area and reach out to the Chamber of Commerce or mm -hmm. leaders of groups, meetups or Facebook groups, those kind of things to see if they do live events in those areas or even virtual events, because why not? But if you're going to be there, you know, that's uh, when travel does start again, you can actually come in a day early or two and not really spend too much extra cash to do live things and, and meet and network in those areas. That just expands your reach in a city very easily. So just something to consider. Yeah, that's a great tip too, is to look for other things that are happening in the area. Yeah, you condense what you're doing, but expand the time that you're spent, you know, that you're there because you're if you're maximizing your week, if you're gonna travel anyway and you have that ability, if you add a couple of days and a couple of events, you, you've spread your time out. It's a lot more efficient. And I, you touched on something that I wonder about often as, uh, you know, especially with PSA and, and where we're headed uh, with events now is that hybrid type of event where we've got possibly, you know, the big screen on and speakers still showing up virtually, even though we may have a stage. Do you, do you foresee that being something we're going to experience a lot? 
Do you think that'll be a cliche? What do you, what do you think is going to happen there? It's an interesting question. You know, Jason, it reminds me of going to a big concert and you're, you're not watching the person on the stage. You're watching the big screen, right? Cause you can see better. Yeah. Depending then, uh, on your seats, right? <laughs> yeah, for me, mostly I'm up in the birds, you know, up in the bird's nest up there. So, you know, if, if I'm going to see Gaga or Beyonce or somebody, I'm not on the floor. So I'm watching the screen instead of watching them. And the thing that I, I'm kind of old school. I don't really like that. When I'm going to performance, I want to be with the person who's performing. So to me, it's like, even though we might go into a hybrid situation where people are in the room and there's screens, there's so much that's lost in that translation between a flat screen. I mean, once we get into, you know, virtual reality and we can be 3D, maybe that's a little bit different, you know what I mean? But a flat screen flattens your energy. And that's why I'm saying you must pump your energy up and be bigger and bigger and bigger because we see this two-dimensional thing. It might be moving, but it's certainly not as connecting or, you know, that energy is not transferred that easily just through your voice. So even radio to me is a little bit removed from what we're used to live. I don't know how that's going to work. It'll be an adjustment like everything else. I get the opportunity to be on stages with probably super famous people and they won't be there. <laughs> that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> well, it's kind of like watching a video, right? Like, yeah. like they, they just pump in a video and that's kind of how it might feel. Uh, because like you said, they're not there. The energy's not there. But I've seen a lot of a lot of shows, right, that have been clearly filmed in, during a time where we couldn't all get together that had attendance that was virtual. And mm-hmm. I think that is a thing that could really work. Yeah, right? it's interesting that, when it's a live performance. Way. Like I watched Hamilton. I'm not sure if it was live. It might have been pre-recorded. But I, you know, and I really enjoyed it. But I think it's kind of like a little breadcrumb. I think I would have preferred to see it, the live performance. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do the people being virtual and the performance is actually live. That brings up a question for me. So when, you, when you're, you're thinking about large events or even smaller events and them being hybrid, I had a mentor once ask me the question and it, it sticks out. He said to me, he said, Elsie, what business are you actually in? So I'm curious to know, what are people buying? You know, you talk the experience, energy, virtual versus in person. So as a speaker, what are people buying? Yeah, I think that's a really great question because we are, you know, speakers think that people are buying what you're saying. They are not buying what you're saying. I think it's 80% of why people buy certain things is energy. It's emotion, right? We buy on emotion. So it's not the words. It's not how great you look on the video. (laughs) It's not the clothes you have on. It's not uh, your smarts. You know what I mean? It's not your credentials. It's really, that's like a small, very small percentage. Uh, Same thing with, you know, and it's, it's kind of ironic because I teach people how to speak and, and how to say, you know, head whipping hooks and how to write things for their websites and stuff. And I'm always telling them, it's not really the words. (laughs) And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you know, life is a paradox. Okay. 
So you want to kind of open up to the fact that things are not as you think they are. And, and you know, I have this talk that I, I give called Get Unruly and Get Rich. And the first slide is just 80%, comes up and says 80%. It is it's the way I get people to interact with me in the chat box. I go, well, so how many of you think it's like, you know, your PhD or your credentials that people are buying? How many of you think it's, you know, they're buying what you're saying? And how many of you think it's your energy? And it's just interesting to have them put, you know, put a one, put a two or put a three in the chat box to see what people actually think. But people buy energy, actually. I think that's fantastic. Uh, it's about the words, but it's not about the words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, that's the paradox, you know, it's like life. It's about the argument you're having and it's not about the argument you're having. <laughs> well said. Along with that amazing question, which really kind of gets to the point, uh, you're a specialist uh, in branding and messaging, right? And, and I know it's not about the word, like you said, it's, it's about the message, but what is reaching people right now? What is, what is really working? I think what, you know, that's such a great question. Cause yeah, you know, I work with image, brand image and brand voice and how you express yourself in the written and visual and the whole thing. It's like, it's a stacking that creates an emotion. What people are buying is they're buying authenticity, they're buying intimacy, and they're buying connection. We all want to be together. Obviously, it's been magnified by our current situation. We're starting to realize, oh, you know, just to, being able to see somebody smile <laughs> is a big effing deal, okay? It's like that energy exchange, and it's just a moment of time, but it really amps up your own vibe to have somebody smile and have this connection of smiling. And I think, you know, we have lost that idea because we've gotten so involved in technology, which I love, by the way. Part of me is very old school. And the other part is like futuristic. So it's, it's again, it's, uh, it's that uh, paradox of things, right? But I think people are buying connection. They're buying, oh my God, this person's like real. They're not like, all polished out, like the whole polished speaker thing. When I first got into speaking about 10 years ago was like, you know, come on stage and have your thing totally memorized and be perfect. You know, like delivery, stage delivery, the way you work the crowd, the whole thing is all worked out. And now it's like, people see that and they're kind of like, yeah, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Yeah. They turn off, they look at their phone, they do whatever they do because we are, completely, you know, we have digital dementia. We're completely distracted about everything. And we can't remember, you know, what a, per what a person said five minutes after they said it. But we will, like as Maya Angelou said, you know, nobody will remember your name. They won't remember what you do, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And that's really the point to all of it. Really a brand is about emotion. It's all about emotion. That's why people buy. We're really very emotionally driven as, as human beings, as smart as we are, and as technology driven as we are, we are emotionally wired to be with each other, to feel things. It's nothing, you know, that's so important to feel everything. So, and I have a, a two-part question, and I think you were, you were reading my notes over here. <laughs> <laughs> what is a head-whipping hook and what emotion fits with business? 
Well, that's interesting. I personally think all emotions fit with business. Maybe not in communication. That's a little bit different. But business to me is about bringing your whole self. One of the questions I ask people is, you know, just to get them started on what they care about is what what breaks your heart and what pisses you off? Because those are ways to get into what you care about and your values, right? It's just a way to kind of get into something. When people, you know, speaking is a little bit like performance, except you're the, you're the, you're the real thing on the stage in, in, you know, in theater is, and as an actor, I'm not an actor, but at least, you know, not trained, (laughs) but, you know, actors become someone else, right? A speaker is themselves. So however they are, if they're introvert, extrovert, you know, I have these, um, I created these branding cards. I call them the renegade archetypes. So there's four personality styles. You're either like a nurturer, disruptor, innovator, or a geek. And it just gives people a way to start to think about how their energy is and what they're actually presenting to people. And it's a lot of fun, of course. Everything I do has to be a lot of fun. And head whipping hooks are the same way. Head whipping hook is something that interrupts the status quo, how things are done normally or said normally. So you're saying something that's a little left of center or it's fun. So a head whipping hook sounds like it's smart to fit in, but it's brilliant and profitable to stand out. That tells somebody exactly what I do without telling them what I do. It causes curiosity. So I write these all the time for clients and I I teach people how to do these things. Mostly they're like Dr. Seuss rhymes, you know, so you're using alliteration in how you're saying it. So my tagline is liberate your rebel spirit, rake in the revenue. People remember it because you've got all those R's, right? It's like sing-songy. And that's what a head whipping hook does. So it's basically interrupting what's going on in somebody else's head which, you know, is all this chatter going on up there. What do I say? What am I going to do? Oh, I'm almost up next. Blah. Whatever. The kids, whatever. It's all up there. <laughs> They're not present. You're just up here. So um, it interrupts that and allows people to go, oh, oh, I heard something different than what I always hear. And then you bring value, you know, you bring the value behind that when there's a further, deeper conversation. So hooks are really great for titles, Uh, getting attention when you're networking, any of those kind of situations where you're kind of in a sea of sameness, where everybody's saying the same thing. And it's like, (laughs) snooze. Okay. Don't want to be a snoozer. All right. If you're bored, guess what? Everybody else is bored too. It's just like, if you're excited, everybody's excited too. I mean, we're like that as human beings, right? We're just, we pick up on an energy. Yeah, and you're like, oh. <laughs> or you're looking at your watch or whatever, right? Yeah, like time <laughs> to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling that as you were saying it. It was so cool. And, and think with a couple of those answers that we, uh, for the first time, I realized that I wish this podcast was an hour and a half because those two subjects that you just touched on were clearly open for considerably more discussion. And I I know that you're an expert in your field and that you work outside of every box, uh, but a lot of other people- There's a box? 
They didn't need to know that. And that's, that was for them. That was not for you. Uh, that, that's, I, I, I meant so that everybody else could understand it, uh, including myself. So uh, how do people get in touch with you? Of course, they'll be able to find links in the description for the podcast, wherever they're listening to this, uh, whatever right. platform they're finding it on. But uh, how do they get in touch with you, Anne? Uh, I think the best way to do that is to send me an email. I'm pretty open to getting emails from people. So it's Anne at AnneBennettMarketing.com, A-N-N, no E. And I think we're giving like client getting brand exercise or something for people. Um, uh, yes, yes, which would be awesome. Is. Which will, will really help you to dig into what are your quirks, that whole idea of what breaks your heart and what pisses you off, things like that. There's some exercises in there that and to really help people start to generate what is their brand voice expression, and so that's kind of fun for people. I guess that's it. I'm not really yep. big on Instagram right now. <laughs> <laughs> And that link is in the description, so feel free to take advantage. And thank you so much for being a part of this and participating in the Public Speakers Association. Your expertise is appreciated. Always thank a lot you. of fun and Always some deep insights to today. Deep Always insights to today. Yeah. All right. It's great. Thank we'll, you so much. We will catch you in the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Public Speakers Association and how you can be part of our speaker community and the amazing opportunities we provide, please visit us at publicspeakersassociation.com. You can also hop on my schedule to chat with me personally about how Public Speakers Association can support you in your speaking business and career. And if you're a speaker and would like to learn more about leveraging the power of podcasting to broadcast your message, Pay us a visit at podcasttown.net.